0: Welcome to The Spirit World, answering your questions on angels, demons, and how the spiritual and physical worlds interact. And now your hosts, Debbie Giorgiani and Adam Bly.
1: Hello there, and welcome to The Spirit World. I am Debbie Giorgiani with co-host, religious demonologist, Adam Bly, and you today. We are live receiving your calls. We have the show team in place. Tim, Rachel, Carol, they're all in place. We're here. And Adam, we always begin with the St. Michael prayer.
2: In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the heavenly host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan, and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. In name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen
1: satan in the schoolyard have we gone too far that's the title of this episode as i said we are live today inviting your calls about this we're talking about the after school satan clubs we have a lot to say about this topic adam hat has prepared a very special teaching for us that we need to um really listen and learn so if you uh, can do that right now stop what you're doing and um really uh tune in with your um Full attention to Adam Bly, co-host of The Spirit World, and then um, go to the phones. And here is the number, 877-757-9424. That's 877-757-9424. We have Rachel monitoring social media. Carol's at the phone. She's got her headset on ready to go. Tim Mott is our producer. And hopefully you can hear us uh, just you know, crystal clear, Adam. That's important. Mm-hmm. But Adam, take it away.
2: Okay, Deb. So we'll see if we get through this in in one segment. I might run a little longer. So um, this is a little bit heady in the sense that we're going to talk about legal stuff first, because the after school Satan clubs that are that are attempting to happen and are happening in some of the schools in the United States here uh, are really it's based around legal rights and issues. Now, they're using a 2001 Supreme Court case of Good News Club versus Milford Central School as a justification for running these um, after-school Satan clubs. And that was a ruling that ruled that restricting access to a public school because it's considered what is legally a limited public forum based on religious beliefs is a violation of that club's free speech. Okay, that's a long way to say that groups have a right to free speech, and because it's a limited public forum, uh, it is regulated by the First Amendment. Now we have to understand what, what the, that ruling means about religious beliefs and what religion is, at least here in the United States. So the First Amendment to our Constitution, which is the first in the Bill of Rights, says Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion Or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or of the right of the people to peaceably to assemble the of the people peaceably to assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances so that's a really powerful uh, piece of our Bill of Rights it's really giving us the right to say uh, what we wish It's the, you know, the right to do that in the public forum, the right to assemble peaceably uh, and basically try to share those ideas and and get them in the debate of the public forum, which is kind of one of the foundational ideas behind a democracy. Okay, in 1791, when that was written, if you look at the view of the writers at the time, how did they think of religion when they first wrote that down? Well, the ratifiers of the Constitution back then, they understood religion as at least a traditional theistic belief in God, meaning they believed in a God, with certain duties that went along with that, like going to church, and a future state of rewards or punishment in an afterlife, so that this life mattered and that there was an afterlife where you would then receive rewards or punishments related to what you did while you were alive. For most people at the time in 1791, it really meant the monotheistic religions. Christianity primarily, because a lot of the, the first people here were, were fleeing the oppression of the Church of England and coming here to the colonies, but also Judaism and Islam, which were the, they're the three main monotheistic religions. Okay, so most people at the time, that's what they were thinking of when they said freedom of religion. So it's clear that original definition did not include atheism or non-theist, non-theistic philosophical views. Okay, I know this is heady, but, but we're getting to important stuff that links in with, the, with the, uh, the satanic temple. So in 1961, there was another case of Torcaso versus Watkins, which broadened the legal definition of religion to include belief, disbelief, religion, non-religion, theism, and non-theism, including secular humanism. So this is really interesting because it it was saying that your beliefs as a person, as a citizen, are protected even if they're not religious in nature. So you might say that you're an atheist, you might say that you're, you're purely a humanist, and those are also protected. So it was broadened in 1961. Now... What is secular humanism? That's kind of a a mouthful. It's a belief system that embraces logic, reason, secular ethics, philosophical naturalism, and rejects religious dogma, supernatural things, and superstitions as a basis of morality and decision-making, okay? So it's very much kind of, um, you know, grounded purely in matter. You could think of it that way. Now, if you read the Satanic Temple's kind of statements about what they believe, And and what they say their morals are, it's very much right along the line of secular humanism. It almost is word for word exactly what what I just read. So if the Satanic Temple is actually defining themselves, I think you could make an argument at least, as a secular humanist organization, why do they bother using the word Satan? Like, why not call it the Temple of Secular Humanism? you know you could you could guess at that and say well maybe they want to be associated with with that word Satan you know for the shock value for the attention that it gets for you know that's attractive to young people in their rebellious stage in life because he's you know kind of the symbol of rebellion and all of that but I think you know particularly as as Christians you know here we are here in the West and we're we're wrestling with these questions um, and I think the Satanic Temple, too, and the people that are ascribing to Satanism need to really look at what does Satan mean? What does that word mean? Because you're going to borrow a word from Christianity. You're borrowing a word as primarily in the Christian Bible, and you're using it as your flag. This is kind of the banner that you're, you're marching under. Let's look at what that word originally means from the document that you're taking it from. Because a lot of people want to have fantasies about what Satan is and they want to make these kind of, you know, broad claims about Satan's a good guy and he's a champion of reason and all of this. But let's look at where what the document that gave us the word Satan says about him. So real quick, in Genesis 3, he's cursed above all animals and he will have enmity between him and mankind for all time. So there'll be animosity between him and mankind for all time and he's cursed by God. Job 1 uh, verse 12, he is a mere creature that needs God's permission to act. He is not a God. He is not free. He is a fallen creature that needs God's permission to even interact with Job in that story. In John 8 verse 44, he is a liar and a murderer from the beginning. When he speaks lies, you know, Jesus says it's his native tongue. Um, so he's he lies and he seeks to murder. James 4, 7-8, he is a mere creature that flees when humans submit to God. So he flees the people that are submitting to God. So basically, we see he's powerless before the Creator. We see in Job that he needs permission from the Creator to act. We see that the people that obey God, he flees from them. He's powerless before those people. 1 John 3, 7-10, he is a sinner from the beginning. Revelations twelve seven to 12 verses 7 to 12. He's basically the loser after he tried to fight God's angels in heaven. He gets cast down to earth, and he has great wrath against the people that live on earth because he knows he has a short time. So basically, he's a loser. He gets kicked out of heaven, and he comes down here raging against the people on the earth. These are, these are the you know, some of the main direct uh, times that Satan is addressed in the Bible, where the word Satan is taken from. So in summary, he's a lying creature who seeks to murder people by inciting sin in his limited time that he has before the final judgment. So he's kind of a cornered, rabid dog who is trying to lie and destroy people. And that's, that's the name, that, uh, that's the name that, that they choose to be associated with. Okay. Th- though, of course, they say they don't believe there's an actual Satan. Um, But those are the traits biblically that Satan has. So it's important to get to be clear on that. Okay, so uh, again, why do you want to be associated with that figure? I don't know. Perhaps you're associating with with uh, a different fantasy version of that figure versus versus the one that's, um, you know, there in the literature. And they're probably, you know getting value from the shock, the shock value and, and kind of the street cred that the, the word Satan has. It's a well-known word in the zeitgeist. Okay. So putting all that aside, putting aside that that Satan is an unsavory negative figure, that there is nothing good there, it, it's, there's no relationship with him that's going to be in any way good for us, but let's put that aside. The activities that are going on, including in these after-school Satan clubs, are trying to normalize Satan, an attempt to attach him to current politics and trends in societies, different memes and, and, and trends going on in, in the political and legal uh, debates going on in society. They're trying to paint a sympathetic Satan who is good to idolize. He becomes kind of a cartoon that's all for your, your personal rights. He loses all of these negative and destructive traits that, we're, that are associated with him biblically. And by the way, there's no good traits to find associated with them in the Bible, of course. A particular issue, Deb, and, and I know we, we've chatted a little bit, and I think you agree, is that children being the target of this, that's particularly problematic because children are more impressionable than adults. Their minds haven't completely formed. They're not super well-educated on everything. And when adults tell them things, they often take them at face value, at least initially you know an adult said it that's probably true and that is a very critical aspect of all of this that we're going to get into after the break mm-hmm. is that this isn't just a debate in the public forum this is a debate launched at children
1: wow this is very powerful things we're learning today on the spirit world satan in the schoolyard have we gone too far talking about the after school satan clubs please call us now 877 877- And don't forget to like us on Facebook at the Spirit World Podcast. You can also email us at tsw at grnonline.com. When we come back, we're going right to the phones. Uh, John and the others will be first up here on the Spirit World talking about Satan in the schoolyard. Have we gone too far?
3: Are you feeling lost in a sea of overwhelm? Hi, this is Coach Felicity with Stand Tall Today Coaching Minute. Many people find themselves challenged with overwhelm. Too many things to take care of, too many people to please, too much work to do. And in spite of their best efforts, they continue to fall behind with this overwhelm coming in like a flood. But that's not the abundant life that Jesus wants you to live. This is Coach Felicity with your Stand Tall Today Coaching Minute.
4: Have you ever dialogued with someone who espouses relativism, which says there is no truth or it might be true for you, but not for me? It's pretty frustrating. Deep down, we know these claims are false, but we often don't know why. Here's the reason. To say there is no truth is a contradiction. The assertion is tantamount to saying it's true that there is no truth. Plain absurdity. Now the other position, there is no absolute truth, just truth relative to the individual set of beliefs, is problematic as well. The usage of the verb is implies an assertion about the objective order of things. It's the same thing as saying it's absolutely true that there is no absolute truth, which of course is a contradiction. No matter how the relativist slices the pie, he ends up with a contradiction, making relativism an unreasonable worldview. I'm Carlo Brusard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, catholic.com.
0: The Spirit World continues with Debbie Giorgiani and Adam Bly. If you have a question for the show call 877-757-9424 or email TSW at grnonline.com.
1: We're talking about the after-school Satan Clubs that seem to be popping up all around the country. There's only about a dozen um, that are somewhat functioning um, at, in our K-12 through 12 schools, but uh, it's starting to become a topic of, of, of discussion and conversation. And actually, some of the... Um, The news media outlets are starting to pick it up and have um, the debates about it. So it's an important uh, episode today. We are live. We are taking your calls. Adam has uh, some more to share with us. And Adam, I have to tell you, it's very disturbing as a parent and grandparent you know these young kids you're you're spot on their brains are not fully you know formed yet they're so impressionable they 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 take things in they remember oh my goodness they, these kids these have memories they their memories are very strong and, you know, to have this all around them, to confuse them, you know, it it, it is so like Satan to do that, to confuse our, our the, these young minds. So I know you're going to share more about that and what we can do as parents and grandparents and as um, people that are involved in in schools, maybe we're on some school boards and maybe in the administration, something of that nature. So we will, we will definitely talk more about that in a moment. Let me just give the number a couple more times because we do have a few open phone lines for you. Uh, Please call in if you have something to say about this. You want to ask a question. You want to know what you can do, uh, who you can talk to about this. We are here and we are live today, 877-757-9424. And Carol and Rachel will be receiving your calls. Adam, more on this topic.
2: Okay. So just to wrap up, getting to, given all this that we've discussed, you know, from this perspective, what can we do? I think the first thing is to get educated on the laws that regulate free speech and these activities in the public and semi-public forum. I know that seems a little boring and maybe it's a bit of work, but because it's the laws that are allowing these activities, it's incumbent on us as citizens to at least learn the basics of those laws so that as we enter this debate about these activities, We know the basis of them and we know what the limits of those are. You know, free speech is not infinitely unlimited. There's a point where it impinges on the rights of others or causes harm and then the law limits it. So there's a lot of things there that we need to understand because the law is being used to get these activities into the schools. So we need to get educated. Secondly, uh, within the courts, challenge these activities if the laws are forbidding some aspect of them. If in the future they go too far, um, you know, take it down that legal, that legal route. Within the family and the community, discuss the reality of Satan as defined in the book where the name is taken from, the Bible. Um, at least challenge the idea that Satan is this um, cuddly, uh, friendly figure. That's that's a good person for you to be associated with. Not a human being, but a person. Uh, Speak up in the family, at the school board, and in the courts if you feel these activities are damaging to our children. Even if the laws allow hate groups to demonstrate and protest, and they do, with proper permits and in the proper context, the laws allow that. um, That doesn't mean that we can't also use our free speech and the rights to free speech to lawfully speak our beliefs, Also, and, you know, basically have those um, challenges happen Um, because this debate, uh, this debate of ideas, it requires the freedom of speech. So we can't take that away, but we need to learn deeply and join the debate as opposed to um, just trying to kind of illegally suppress something. We need, we need to find out where those lines are. We need to, most importantly, I think, Deb, is educate our children in the context of the family. Educate them on the faith, if you're, if you're Christian, Catholic Christian, and the truth of what the church teaches and stands for. Because uh, there are distortions that are happening along with Satan being painted as a cartoonish friendly figure. There are other attacks on the church um, and Christianity and monotheistic religions in general do things legally and lawfully don't stoop down to insults or emotional attacks in in the debate in the debate of ideas in a democracy that's you you in a sense you've kind of lost the argument if you start yelling at somebody and calling them names what's going to win the day is cogent and well thought out uh... arguments part of the strength of our democracy is that freedom and the right to debate them now finally Engage in the, this debate of ideas in accord with your bishop, if you're a Catholic. Do it in accord with your bishop's guidance. That's because when you step out into the public forum and are debating things from a Catholic viewpoint and making Catholic statements about it, the public sees you as representing the church. So when you act on a religious platform as a Catholic in the public forum, I think it's good if your bishop has made a statement about these activities and on this particular topic for you to be obedient to that because oftentimes the bishop and the church has more wisdom and experience in these areas and whether protesting in certain contexts merely feeds into more attention for people which is sometimes what they're seeking or whether it's a a useful and positive thing and so I think that's something the bishop decides locally and that's about it
1: so you're saying that um... If these Satan conventions or some of these after-school clubs uh, from the Satanic Temple out of um, uh, the Boston area, Massachusetts, if if they start approaching your area, your neighborhood, your diocese, and um, our leader, our shepherd, our bitch, bishop for um, the diocese comes out and says... You know, we want to fill the churches um, and have everyone go to adoration and start praying for the conversion of these of these mixed-up, confused souls. Uh, we don't want any, any uh, confrontation with them. We don't want to give them any added media attention, which we know, you know, let's face it, some of these media outlets are using some of these interviews with the head of this Satanic Temple. You know, obviously it's probably for, um, you know, Listenership ratings. and ratings, yeah, mm-hmm. and and so they're, they're they're trying to capitalize on that aspect of it, which I think is is not a good use of of media time. That's just me personally um and the and using the airwaves and the and the you know the TV uh, for that purpose. however, um when our when our leaders, our bishops um, come out and say, you know it would be a better use spiritually of our time to repair and to, um, um, effectively come together as the body of Christ and storm heaven together. So that's a better use. We as good and faithful Catholics, um, should obey that. And, and, and if, and if we choose to go out there in public, I mean, that's, I guess that's our own individual decision to, to do that. Um, because we feel, you know, and then I'm sure the intention is very good, Mm -hmm. but is it necessarily that effective?
2: Yeah, I think that's a big question. And you know, before the show started, our producer, Tim, we were discussing this, he brought up the fact that in the media, we used to report a lot when there was a killing on the killer, and they would get a lot of attention and their name would be splashed out there. And that over the years, the media became a little more wise about focusing on the victim and not giving the killer that mm-hmm. attention and that platform, because a lot of times that's what people are seeking is attention. Now, I'm not equating uh, this group with with um, murderers or killers, but it's a trend in reporting where instead of looking at the ideas and those that might be harmed by the ideas to give the actual, you know, the actual group the attention. I, I don't know if that's the best use, but, uh, you know, we're talking about the, the area of debate. So that's just my take on it. But yeah. I think others could but, feel differently.
1: But as Catholic as, you know, cause so many of us as the church militant, Adam, and this is where I'm getting at this because we all want to get to heaven, right? If we're mm-hmm. the church militant, we're trying hard to get to heaven and we want to do the right thing and be pleasing to God. And mm-hmm. we want it. We want, want to win God's favor in this. Right. So mm-hmm. what is a, I mean, tell us maybe from your perspective and the work that you do in the, in the exorcism world, um, is it a better use of our time to to go to the churches and form you know rosary groups and go to adoration uh, to to do the some damage control if you will spiritual you know to help heal this thing and and to get god uh, to to feel um you know more at peace with what we're doing as or should we go out there and march against and go up against these people the reason why I say this Adam is because It's becoming more and more very, and they, they come on the scene very quickly. They Mm -hmm. did, um, they did, uh, last year here in Scottsdale, Arizona, and then they just had one in, in Boston area, the Satan con, and they come in very quickly. And there's, so there's a lot of adrenaline rush and a, and a feeling Mm -hmm. and urgency by the Christian faithful to say, we got to do something,
2: Mm -hmm. you know, Deb, and I might be getting older, You know, that's, I hear myself saying these things. I say, oh, you're getting old. Um, I've had some experience with the idea of like prejudice that's built in sometimes with different groups. And you meet a person and you kind of associate them with the group first and see them as an individual human being second or maybe much later in the relationship. And I found in my life that the way to get past that and to conquer that is to have a one-on-one personal encounter or interaction. So i would say that spiritually you approach it on a one-on-one basis many people have been prayed out of satanism and have become christian or catholic christians and have spoken out against it because somebody made it their project to pray their heart out for years for that person Mm -hmm. um so that's a powerful thing and to do it individually and to really say okay god who do you want me to pray for and really do that sincerely over time and then secondly instead of going and yelling this is just an idea, maybe go and quietly have conversations, be available to have a, a conversation with people that are attending the event in a way that isn't dramatic, and they don't feel like they're on the spot either, and meet them as a human being, mm-hmm. and get to know them and maybe why this is attractive to them, and then share your life with them a little bit and why Christ is attractive to you. I suspect that that is another way of protest, but, but it's seeking conversion. And it's seeking conversion in ourselves in terms of getting past the prejudice that we kind of have this emotional reaction, oh, Satanist. And we paint the whole thing with a black brush and say it's totally evil and we need to yell against it versus here's a poor person that's been deluded into thinking Satan is their friend. Mm -hmm. I want to have a conversation with them and just share my perspective on that, too.
1: That's interesting. We'll talk more about this on the other side of the break. You hear the music. Uh, When we come back, we'll get to Tyler first in uh, Wyoming and then Lou in New York and the others. If you want to join them, Uh, Carol is waiting to answer your call. We're talking about after-school Satan clubs that are starting to uh, just rise up around the country here. 877-757-9424 is the number to call. Don't forget to uh, like us on Facebook. Leave your comments there at the spirit world podcast this is your show the spirit world with Debbie Giorgiani and Adam Bly and we'll be right back
3: a messy family minute with mike and alicia Hernan. a wise woman once told us if you're going to pray with your kids you have to play with them raising our family of 10 has taught us this maxim is very true why is this well as parents we are the first images of god for our children saint john paul ii told us parents love is called to become for children the visible sign of the very love of god in play we are strengthening our children's sense of belonging Your child can believe more easily God loves them because you love them. This is what play communicates.
5: Play helps us also remember who we really are and what we are made for, what it's like to be a child. And that childlikeness is an essential element of prayer. Getting on a child's level and being vulnerable and simple and maybe even a bit silly reminds us that it is only through humility that we can approach the Lord. To join us and hundreds of other families for our Play and Pray Challenge, visit us at MessyFamilyMinute.org.
4: When you find yourself peering into life's rearview mirror, wondering if your past will forever define you, it doesn't have to. Go to StandTallToday.com and register for your absolutely free consultation with one of our world-class life coaches. They can help you get started on a plan forward to living your best life. There's nothing to lose and an entire future to gain. Log on to StandTallToday.com for complete details. That's StandTallToday.com.
0: The Spirit World continues with Debbie Giorgiani and Adam Bly. If you have a question for the show, call 877-757-9424 or email tsw at grnonline.com.
1: Before we get to Tyler in Sheridan, Wyoming, listening on the Alexa app, um, hold on, Tyler, just a second, because we're getting some quick uh, comments coming in. I just want to be clear about this, Adam, so we don't, so our listeners don't walk away with um, a, a confused um, message to go out there into the world. So, you're, let me just restate it, and you tell me if I'm, if I'm spot on about this. So, if these um, after-school Satan clubs we start hearing rumblings about it in our, in our area, in our neighborhood, or if a Satan con, uh, Satan convention comes in, um, we should, we should properly wait for our diocese, our Bishop to make their statements. Um, and then what they, what they share with us is the best approach, spiritual approach to fight this and to repair any, any spiritual damage that could be happening with, with, um, this, um, event taking place or whatever's going to happen. As good and faithful Catholics, we should obey that and, and do that to the best of our ability. Um, but you you are, were suggesting that um, if we have the opportunity to one-on-one encounter these, um, I, I believe, confused souls, um, we should take that pastoral approach and see if, if we feel um, um, ready to maybe um, pray for them, help them, encourage them, share our stories to try and... Get them to move in a different direction. Is that what you're saying?
2: Yeah. If if there's you know if you feel competent to do that and comfortable and there's an opportunity is what I mean. I think the personal encounter is very different than the protest encounter. You know, and I'm thinking Deb of of a of a case we had where you know a real Satanist and what I mean by real is a, a. a demon-worshipping person involved in black magic came to us for prayer once and as a human being he was a very nice individual very intelligent um, you know trying to be reasonable um, but also very sadly uh, embroiled with the demonic and we didn't encounter him as a quote-unquote Satanist first but as a person you know as his name uh, you know and, and prayed with him for, for a little while, and he, he had to make some choices about what he wanted to do. And I just think that that pastoral approach, you know, if the opportunity is there, I'm not saying to go and, you know, line up and 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 ask to have, you know, personal encounters. I'm just saying that protesting, if the bishop wants to do it, that's fine. Uh, that can be part of it. But I think in terms of actually bringing conversion and love into people's lives and understanding mm-hmm. it's going to be more of a, of a personal encounter, or maybe, maybe it's written, maybe it's, you know, a written, uh, debate where you're sharing in a loving way, uh, mm-hmm. some things. Um, that, those are just my thoughts. Yeah.
1: yeah. Well, and I, I do know of, of, of several peaceful prayer protests that have been very effective and mm-hmm. have really, you know, helped. Um, so that is, that, that is good. But I, like you said, wish with, uh, Bishop's approval, um, for sure. And, but the other thing too, Adam, um, just to make sure you said earlier in a previous broadcast that they're looking for media attention. So, so it okay so it seems to me that it it would be a simple fix if we just contacted our our media outlets and said don't give them any attention. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean I mean is this is this a too simple of a of a solution here? I mean I mean I look at it as a parent or grandparent when when you have a child that's misbehaving, you know, you don't give them a ton of attention, they tend to get worse. Mm-hmm. So how do you respond to that?
2: Well, you could try that. Um, and maybe sometimes it would be helpful. Um, you know, I don't know how much different media people would respond to that because sometimes they're just looking for the ratings and it's the exciting story going around. But I think, you know, eventually I think as a, as a society, you know, this will settle down, um, and we will stop giving it as much attention. I think there's a big emotional reaction right now because it's new. And then maybe over time, it'll become less uh, new, and it won't be making the headlines anymore. Right,
1: right. And we're getting some comments on social media, Facebook and others saying that, you know, it really does start in the home. We've got to take care of our families, educate our kids, get them to wise up about what's going on out there so Mm -hmm. that they're not confused. I totally agree. That's the Mother Teresa way, St. Teresa of Calcutta. Okay, Tyler has been waiting so patiently in Sheridan, Wyoming, on the Alexa app. Hi, Tyler. Welcome to the spirit world.
5: Hi, thanks for taking my call.
1: Thank you. Go right
3: ahead.
5: Yeah, um, I just had a quick comment um, and then a question for you. Um, I was thinking about, so I'm an English teacher, and I was thinking uh, about my experience, and then my first experience kind of encountering Satan in literature um, was in Paradise Lost. And, um, you know, uh, the way he's presented there is uh, in this really, interesting way right he's building up hell and it's this um really ornate palace and it's built up from the ashes and uh it's this like kind of this rebirth imagery and i don't think john milton is presenting him as a hero but um it's often taught that um the romantics um so like percy shelley right and Mm -hmm. um even mary shelley right um (laughs) started thinking of him as like the like archetypal like anti-hero and um so i i do think that there's often this perception in the classroom that like satan is like the the perfect anti-hero right he represents like the forgotten the forgotten hero and uh you know i when i was in i guess when i was reading um paradise lost for the first time i I was either a senior in high school or a freshman in college. I can't remember. And, um, you know, we, we talked about that, but then we just kind of moved on. Um, and there wasn't a Satan club at the time, but, uh, and I don't remember anybody really clinging to that, but that idea has clearly lodged its place in the back of my head. Um, and so there, there is that idea that is circulated. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I guess, uh, I just wanted to add that into the conversation, right? Cause there, that, that is something that is out there, um, in artistic circles. Um, and I, I think there's artistic merit there, but there's also something nefarious there. And so my question is when we are teaching something like paradise lost or, um, even the romantics rarely ever, do we ever get to paradise regained? Right. Um, mm-hmm. or, um, something else. So do you have recommendations for um, maybe some corollaries or some uh, other works of high virtue that we could add or recommend when those conversations come up for um, like college level, I suppose, or late high school?
2: Yeah, Tyler. So that's interesting, and I appreciate the question. Um, And by the way, the idea of Satan as the anti-hero or the, the real hero uh, is kind of the philosophical underpinning of a lot of satanic um, religions, where they paint right. they paint him as the good guy who was trying to bring wisdom and enlightenment to humans, and the, the Old Testament God is the bad guy. Um, so, yeah, that's been around forever. The romantics were, in a sense, either rediscovering or, or laying claim to that, I think. But you know that better than I do. Um, you know, what would be a good context? I mean, that's a very good question. I will think about it. I would say at the college level, um, taking some of Thomas Aquinas' material about Satan um, and, and summarizing, you know, not summarizing, but pulling out because it's his stuff is so voluminous, um, but pulling his material out on Satan and the nature of them and the nature of their fall, would be very interesting for people because it kind of summarizes the Catholic and Christian theology of Satan in a few paragraphs. I don't know. What do you think, Deb? Do you have any ideas?
1: I actually was... Glancing at a few references as you were talking, Tyler, I I just wanted to say, well, let me circle back first because I'm getting older by the minute. So I want to make sure I remember to share this with you. Thank you so much for being a teacher and shaping young Mm -hmm. minds. Um, We need uh, good, solid teachers like yourself to to help our youth. Um, I do think that there are a lot of. of things you can you can pull from. One of the problems that I have seen in just the um, limited amount of research that I have done for these, I think we've done two or three uh, episodes on this particular topic or something similar to it, is that there's you can get to, go down that rabbit hole where you're going in all these different directions, and before you know it, it gets very confusing on how to, um, you know, uh, explain this clearly. To especially a group of uh, a classroom of students so I don't know if that answers your question I know Adam's gonna do some research on it but you know Adam what would you say about that because I think sometimes this uh, the literature that's out there in the resources they tend they tend to state up front what um, they're trying to achieve with it the, with the, mm-hmm. their writing and then you go start to go down that path and before you know it it takes you way right. off right. from the center
2: yeah, Tyler. So one of the things, and we tried to do it earlier in the show today, I think, is to start literally with the scriptures. Yes. Because what Deb is saying is true, that everybody that writes commentary has an agenda, a bias, whether mm-hmm. they realize it or not. And so if you start with the foundation of the actual scriptures that reference Satan or refer to him, I think that's a great place to start. It's easy research to do, um, and you can compile them all together in one or two pages. And so I would start there and then move on to Thomas Aquinas, who is probably the best uh, commentator on spiritual realities out of the Bible, and you would have an excellent foundation. And then from there, you could make a choice about what commentator or writer you wanted to move to.
1: Yeah, completely agree, Tyler. What do you think?
2: No, that sounds great.
1: Um,
5: That was really helpful. (laughs) I think you hit the nail on the head that those rabbit holes are dangerous. Yeah,
1: (laughs) yeah yeah they they are because we actually in religious education tyler and adam sees it too in his in the work that he does on on a regular basis people will good and in, in good intentioned well-intentioned people will, will start to research things and then they'll come back with the strangest comments about misguided compassion and all sorts of other things that is so off off the mark and it's it's very very um scary how and and how quickly people can get off the path mm. with some of the stuff so tyler way to go Thank you so much for calling in on the spirit world We appreciate it And um, have a beautiful rest of your uh, school year Uh, We're going to go to Lou Lou is up next in Queens, New York On Sirius XM 130 Hi Lou, welcome to the spirit world
6: Hi, good morning Thank you for taking my call Uh, Everything you uh, You and Adam are saying Are on the mark For sure Hmm. The only thing is Is that it's so complex. Like you said, it gets out of hand, you know, and how do how do we keep our kids away from this exposure? The best thing is to start it in the home, in the family. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not you're never ever going to beat secular society. Not not in in protests, not in calm conversation. May like maybe like Adam says, on a one to one basis, you may you know convert one person here or there and uh the main thing is is that the parents know what the faith is and that's a big if you know uh you have, the parents have to know the faith and have to guide the children don't rely on the schools to do it for you don't even rely on our church to do it because there's a lot of bad things going on in our churches and uh and that's basically it. You hit them on the head. The scriptures say it all. Learn the scriptures. Teach your children well at home. Uh, limit their exposure, which is extremely difficult to do because it's all everywhere. In the media, it's in the streets, uh, it's in the uh, the local pot shops that they're opening up in in Queens. Uh, and you, you know, don't rely on the bishops either to, to, to be our mouthpieces because a lot of them well, are very silent.
1: Well, you know, they, Lou, don't,
6: <laughs> they don't say Lou, anything.
1: Lou, let me jump in. Um, Adam, Adam wanted to comment, but you got my New Jersey blood boiling for a moment, but you're from New York, so you can understand that. Let me just share something that just disturbs me to no end. I was watching in research, in preparation for this episode, I was watching a um, conference that took place in Boston from this Satanic Temple. And Adam talks about this, the the antics and the things that they try to do to drum up this attention that they want to get. And this very nicely dressed uh, lady at the front of um, of the conference room, she stood up and she took a Bible. It was an authentic Bible. And she started ripping page by page by page and throwing it on the ground. It was a packed room. The more um the cheering went on and they started hailing satan and the cheering went on and she's ripping the pages and she's throwing it on the ground and everybody's cheering and you can feel the adrenaline just through the video and it almost it it, just by the nature of the sound and the energy it sounded demonic and and there was all this um cheering going on and it was packed and you could see by the back you couldn't see the front of the audience Uh, you could see the back of their heads but you could tell that some people were quite young in the um In the audience. And I was thinking to myself, Lou, you know, this would never. Ever happen when I was being raised by my parents from New Jersey? This would never happen. If, if, if my children came home, my children are grown, I have grandchildren, but if my children came home and they said they attended something like this and, and, they, and somebody was at the front ripping pages from a Bible, I would say that's it. You're never to go to something like this again. If I ever catch you going to something like this again, you're going to be in big trouble. I think parents need to wake up and realize that we're, there's a, a little bit of fear of what our children will do. So we give in to everything and let them experience everything. It is so dangerous. And I and, and parents have to step up with the wisdom and knowledge and experience that they have and say, enough is enough. You're not gonna attend these things. Because if there was no attendance, this person would never have had this video out there. What do you say to that, Adam? I'm sorry Lou. See you got my blood boiling here. Go ahead, Adam.
2: Oh no Deb, I I, I agree. Yeah. Um and I think <clears throat> I think Lou is right um it starts in the family and if we and if we don't do that work early on and and accompany the children as as they're growing and exploring the world we're going to leave them to only be educated by this kind of thing um and yeah deb uh, that other aspect of parents being afraid to say anything or or have discipline or or make a statement because In a sense, you know, some people don't think the parents have the right to raise their children or guide them anymore, and the state is the only one who can make decisions. And, you know, there's there's a lot of debates and a lot of places where we need to work these things out. But if you lose the family, um, boy, I I think that's that's the core of this. And I think Mary was right. Um, The attack is on the family, and the damage, it can only radiate from the Mm -hmm. attack on the family ultimately.
1: Yep. Real quick, Lou, because we've got to get to Ryan real quick. Final comments. Sure. Yeah.
2: My final comment is that
6: uh, Satan's very powerful and his demons are out there destroying the family. Like Adam says, you destroy the family and you've destroyed everything that our faith is about.
1: Mm-hmm. And
6: that's it in, the, in a nutshell.
1: Thank you, Lou. God bless you. Have a beautiful, happy new year to you. Happy new year. Ryan in Iowa is waiting so patiently, um, listening on the local radio station right there. Hello, Ryan. Welcome. Hello. Go right ahead.
7: Uh, Yeah, I was just wondering, um, I'm a Satanist, and um, I listen to you guys just go on and on about this about how we're so evil and everything. If you guys would do some research, you would know that we don't believe in an actual Satan.
2: Well, yeah, Ryan, thanks for calling. Um, I, I don't think, the and I'm not being smart, Ryan, at all. I don't think we said they were evil once, um, and, and I don't think the, the people are evil. I think the, the demons are. And I know there are um, more philosophical Satanists that, that don't believe in an actual Satan, Satan, and then there's the people that actually, you know, are more devil worshipers and believe in him. So there's there's kind of different uh, versions of that out there. Um, but no, we're not saying that the people are evil. And Ryan and I have done quite a bit of research, and, and we've had uh, Satanists and witches um, come to us for prayer when they've been under spiritual oppression and, and the consequences of that stuff. And through that kind of debriefing, I've, I've gone out and read a ton of stuff um, and and have copies of a lot of different rituals and, and whatnot. So I'm not just an, an armchair person making judgments. Um, I'm, I'm genuinely trying to be helpful to people. And I'm, I'm not judging well, you or the other people.
7: But you guys were talking about the Satanic Temple. Mm -hmm. And if you did your research on the Satanic Temple, the mission of the Satanic Temple is to encourage benevolence and empathy, reject tyrannical authority, advocate practical common sense, oppose injustice, and undertake noble pursuits. It's not out to get anybody, and you guys all think we're like killers, and you know what I mean, because you guys just associated the Satanic Temple –
2: with killers and murderers. Well, uh, again, Ryan, we didn't associate it with killers and murderers. The only reference to murder was the definition of Satan uh, in the Bible. And so the the Satanic temple has chosen to use the word Satan in terms of a temple to this figure. And I think it's reasonable to say, well then, how is that figure defined? You know, it's taken from the Bible. And so the Bible gives us a direct definition of him and his traits. That's all we were talking about.
7: <laughs> See you like to do that? You like to uh, reword stuff to make it seem that you're not doing something when you are. Well,
2: what do you mean? Because you
7: guys by saying because you use the word murderers and killers in the same sentence as a satanic temple, like. You're like trying to
2: uh... no actually i don't think I don't think I did at all i I only referenced the scripture that talks about Satan as a murderer from the beginning. I wasn't saying that in terms of the satanic temple at all. I don't believe I did
7: well, it was all in the same paragraph pretty much, and i I noticed you guys like to uh do that get us all together into one little group
2: well actually ryan of... I, but but Ryan, allow me to to point out. The last big thing that we were just talking about is about encountering people as individuals, kind of like we're encountering each other as individuals here, even though it's mm-hmm. through this, this medium. Uh, we were talking about encountering each other as individuals as opposed to painting somebody with a, with a broad idea of Satan or Satanic Temple or anything else. But an actual dialogue like we're having right now is mm-hmm. actually the route to understanding each other. That's, that's, that's exactly what we were just saying a few minutes ago.
7: Well, you see, we have publicly confronted hate groups, fought for the abolition of corporal punishment in public schools, Mm -hmm. uh, applied for equal representation when religious installations are placed on public property.
2: Mm
7: -hmm. Um, We provided religious exemption and legal protection against laws um, that unscientifically restrict people's reproductive anatomy exposed harm- um, harmful pseudo-scientific practitioners and mental health care, organized clubs alongside other religious after-school clubs in schools, besieged by proselytizing organizations and engaged in other activities in the ordinance with our tenants.
2: Yeah, I, I know, Ryan. I, I've, read the, I've read all the activities that are listed on the website. Part of the point of what we were saying here is that... Y- and I didn't mean it chung-in-cheek, I, I meant it sincerely. It, it sounds more like a secular humanist organization versus a satanic organization. If it was a satanic organization related to the aspects of Satan that are in the Bible, it wouldn't be seeking social justice or you know these, these different issues that you were just describing it really sounds more like a secular humanist organization that has chosen to associate itself with Satan, which I honestly find confusing outside of the shock value of doing that.
1: But, but Ryan, I've got to jump in because, um, our producer is right on cue. We're going you're going to hear the music in just less than 60 seconds, but Ryan, please, uh, continue to, to listen to the spirit world. You can call us, you can, um, comment on Facebook at the spirit world, uh, podcast, and you can, and email us at TSW at GRN online.com. But we appreciate the, the phone call today. It helps to have these conversations, Ryan. So thank mm-hmm. you so very much, um, for, for trusting us uh, and calling in that is wonderful um, let's keep the conversations going we have to learn and grow together in the truth it's so important and you know the truth will set you free and the truth has a name and his name is Jesus and that's pretty amazing so let's um, let's stay focused on the spirit world and uh, Adam next week we're going to be talking about uh, the blessed mother and how um, she is so powerful in spiritual warfare so that'll be next Saturday what do you say to that
2: oh yeah we have talked about that a number of times before I see it every week Deb the the rosary is the best um, deliverance prayer I think there is and it's the best spiritual warfare prayer the other prayers are wonderful but I always just fall back to the rosary
1: Absolutely. So we want to thank the show team. Rachel, great job on social media. Um, Also, Carol Herrera doing such a fine job on the phones. Everyone else who's on the phones, um, Carol will pick up the line and get any additional information that she needs. And we want to thank the one, the only Tim Mott, our producer, doing just an incredible job at the controls. So uh, that's it, folks. Uh, It's a wrap. So uh, until next Saturday, have a beautiful and blessed week. We'll see you real soon.